My name is Nate Mickle. You're listening to Mickles and Dimes Layer 2, where every interview is dedicated to the simple, the practical, and the underappreciated. When I want to learn more about performing at my best, I turn to Justin Sua, the mental performance coach for the Tampa Bay Rays. Justin was an All-American baseball player in college and later earned a master's degree in performance psychology. After training local athletes, Army soldiers, and Army civilians, Justin was hired by IMG Academy to be the head of their mental conditioning department, a pretty cool job for one lifetime. But Justin was just getting started. The Boston Red Sox called and hired Justin to be their mental skills coordinator, a position he held when the Red Sox won the World Series in 2018. Then, the Cleveland Browns called and hired Justin to be their mental performance coach. And currently, Justin works for the Tampa Bay Rays as their head of mental performance. In fact, I was finally able to catch up with Justin while he was in New York today as the Rays are trying to complete a sweep of the Yankees. Justin's client list continues to grow daily, and I'm grateful that I got to be one of his clients today. Justin, so great to have you on the podcast today. As as I was thinking back to how we met, I believe the first time we met was at a softball game. I don't know if you remember that. Um, and one of the reasons why my memory is foggy is because if it's the softball game I'm thinking of, I was playing outfield and somebody hit a pop fly and I was running in and, and I collided with the third baseman and I, and, and I got a concussion. So uh, I don't know if that's where we met, but regardless, uh, we earned our undergraduate degrees from the same place. Then we both went and got uh, graduate degrees from a different university. And I've been following your career over the years. It's It's been so fun to watch your career progress and, and just see you keep turning each new career into into another great opportunity. And uh, as you think back to your career and your time with the Boston Red Sox, the Cleveland Browns, and currently with the Tampa Bay Rays, are there any simple, practical, underappreciated lessons that you most want to pass along to your kids? Yeah, first of all, that's a, that's a great question. And uh, I do remember, <laughs> I remember that, that game and I remember just how, uh, just how competitive you are both as a collegiate athlete and just even off the football field as well. And so it's neat to follow your journey as well. But yeah, I, what I love about my job is the ability to learn. I have a very unique position to be able to observe some of the best athletes in the world. And when you're around the best athletes and coaches and analysts and front offices, you get to see some of their habits, both their habits on how they how they practice, how they train, how they evaluate their performance, and also how they think. And so if I were to give my child, my kids of three children, some lessons that I have learned from some of the best athletes and performers in the world, it would be, first of all, the importance of asking yourself effective questions. If you want better questions, if you want better answers, start asking yourself better questions. There are, there's an athlete I was working with one time who taught me a valuable lesson about how the power of your mind and how when things aren't going really well, a lot of times your mind will go towards the negative. And that's how we're wired. That's, that's in alignment with the research. We have a negativity bias. And it's a lot easier to see the bad than it is to see the good. And so one player in particular, a Major League Baseball player, he wanted to leverage the power of asking questions by asking himself more effective questions. And what he said is early in his career, he would always beat up on himself after a bad game. Why am I so bad? Uh, What if they send me down? What if I get released? Now, what's interesting 
is if you ask yourself those questions, what's your mind going to do? It's going to find answers to those questions. It's going to tell you why you're bad. It's going to tell you why you're going to get released. It's going to tell you why you're going to get demoted. So it's going to provide evidence for that question. And so what he decided to do is to take that, take the power of asking questions and to use it and leverage it to help him rather than hurt him. And so he began to ask himself a series of questions. What did I do well today? What did I learn today? And what am I going to do better tomorrow? Now, as he shared these questions with me, if you were able to code the theme of each of those questions, a powerful, a powerful pattern emerged. Number one, when you ask yourself the question, what did I do well today? What you're doing is you're hunting the good stuff. You're activating the part of your brain that's scanning the environment for the good because it's so easy to be negative. He was forcing himself to generate, to generate positive things, to, 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 to be able to identify po the positive that he did. Now, sometimes it's a lot easier said than done. Sometimes he said that the only positive that he, he had was, I looked good in my uniform. Sometimes the only positive was, you know what, at least, at least I was able to say I played in another game today. And so sometimes when you look back at the positive, it's very minuscule, but it's important to find that. So number one is he enhanced positivity. Number two, when you ask yourself the question, what did I learn today? What that helps you understand is that you can learn from anything. It turned him into a learning machine. And one of my, a phrase that I cannot stand, but it's very po it's a very popular axiom out there there's a phrase out there that says, you don't, you either win or you learn. For those who know me, they know I cannot stand that phrase. You either win or you learn. The reason I don't like that phrase is for two reasons. Number one, it's, it basically, if you have the mindset you win or you learn, what you're saying is you can't learn from winning as well. You can learn from winning. Success leaves clues. So you can absolutely learn from winning. And then the other thing is it, it's, you're trying to sugarcoat losing. In professional sports and in life, you either win or you lose. Sometimes you lose and you just have to admit it and say, okay, I lost today, but I can still learn from losing. What does losing teach me? And so we don't like to sugarcoat. It's like, hey, you lost. Call a spade a spade. And so that's what we always say. You either win or you lose and you learn from both. But what this player also taught me too is you can also learn from other people. You can learn from their successes. You can learn from their mistakes. And so that's why you like to ask himself that question. And then question number three is, what am I going to do better tomorrow? That puts you in the driver's seat. But it gives you that sense of autonomy that, hey, I am going to be a better version of myself tomorrow. And so that's one tool that whoever you are, you don't have to be a professional athlete to practice it. If you want better answers, start asking yourself better questions now before i go on to the next one i don't know if you wanted me to pause or if you ask additional follow-ups yeah i mean I, I just think that's so interesting because i i came across these questions in your book uh written for kids and, and so we started doing this with our kids when they were younger and it's just a fun activity every night to ask these three questions and it gets them focused on the positive and and i did not know that you learned that from an athlete so really cool you know this this technique that we've used with our kids we learn from you and you learn from somebody else, which gets this idea of just always learning. Yeah. Yeah. And I loved, I love what you said too, is uh, where you ask these questions. You can ask them anywhere, but I always, I always love to ask these questions after a performance as a, as an evaluative, as an evaluation tool, because a lot of times 
we'll finish the test, you'll finish the business presentation, you'll finish the performance, and then kind of go on with your day, as opposed to pausing and saying, wait a minute, let me, let me pull out as much as I can from that so I can be a better my, version of myself moving forward. And that's why I like doing it at the end of the day or post-performance. And I think that's a, that's, that's a really good point. Yeah, great. Okay, you said you had a, another lesson or two. Love to hear it. Yeah, so the, the second lesson is a lot of times when we are going into an event, we are going into uncharted waters, we can be, it can be a scary place. Uh, the military uses a term called VUCA situations. The V stands for volatile, the U stands for uncertain, the C stands for complex, and the A stands for ambiguous. Now, as humans, anytime we go into situations that are very difficult, uh, it's easy to think worst case scenario. What if I fail? What if I mess up? We always think about, and our brain will use this as a protective mechanism to, to establish homeostasis, to keep us safe. Our brain want, doesn't want us to experience pain, so it'll conjure up all of these worst case scenarios to keep us safe. Hey, don't try that because it's going to be psychologically and physiologically painful. So we're standing at the World Series uh, batting practice in 2020. And a player comes up to me during batting practice, and we're about to play the juggernaut Los Angeles Dodgers. And he comes up to me, and this player in particular had a wonderful year, wonderful year. And he goes, I said, how you doing, brother? And he goes, I am terrified. I said, well, what do you mean? He goes, what if... What if I embarrass myself? What if, what if I come out here and I, and I look like a fool? What, what if I take my wonderful season and I throw it all down the drain based on what I do here in the World Series? And you can tell that this was something that was, that was on his mind. He was incredibly worried about it. And I said, well, that's a really good point. But you know what? If we're going to play this what if game, why don't we play it properly? And he looks at me and goes, what do you mean? I said, well, why, what if... What if you're the MVP of the World Series? What if you play better than anyone has ever played in the history of the game in the World Series? What if you play so good, you're on the cover of MLB The Show next year. What if you play so good that you sign a multi-million dollar contract that changed the course of, of your, the trajectory of your, your family and for generations to come? And we both just start laughing in the outfield. And he goes, that's amazing. And he goes, that's a really good point. And we end up having this discussion that when there's uncertainty, it's funny how the mind will, will go into the negative what if game. But you need to also generate, if you don't know what the future holds, then it's also important to take a look at the other side of the what if puzzle, which is play the positive. And as ridiculous as you get with the negative, you want to make sure you get just as ridiculous with the positive, just so you can level out and create a little bit of a, a neutrality with your thinking so that you can put things in perspective and be able to carry on and then realize that, you know what, I can't control what's going to happen in the future or I don't know what's going to happen in the future. All I can do is focus on what I can control right now. So if I were going to give advice to my kids, I would tell them, when you're about to approach something uncertain, something chaotic, something uh, difficult, your mind is naturally going to go to the negative and you're going to play the what if game. Make sure you play that game properly by also considering the positive what ifs. Yeah, very cool. That just reminds me of Pete Carroll. And he always, you know, he frequently talks about how he just always expects good things to happen to him. 
And, you know, that's that what if game that he's playing in his mind, uh, but he's learned to channel that positive aspect and think about, uh, you know, what good things are going to happen to me. Very cool. Yeah. Yeah. And I would say the final one is I, when I was with the Cleveland Browns, one of the things that professional athletes do is they want to build, they want to build systems and habits around our finite resources. And three of them in particular, in terms of for elite performance are your time, your attention and your energy. All of those are finite resources that you need to make sure that you, you protect because if you begin to lose your attention, if you leak your energy, if you leak your time, then you're not going to be the best version of yourself when it matters most. And so I'm, I'm, we're at practice and the middle linebacker for the team at the, at the moment comes up to me and says, hey, Justin, let's have lunch together. I want to go over something with you. So as we're eating lunch, he sits down with me. He goes, Justin, one of the most important things of my job as a middle linebacker is the use of time in between plays. He goes, my job is to set the, is to get the play, to communicate the play, set the defense, call out my communication, and it all starts with my eyes. I need to be able to read things, and we're all really communicating. But I have a very small window of opportunity to be able to do all of those things. And what he said to me is his self-awareness piece was, I'm not very good at doing that. Sometimes the game speeds up, and the pressure, and the score, and everything's all over the place. And we could struggle because me as a leader of the defense, I'm not establishing and using that time properly. And so what we sat down, we created is an in-between routine. In-between plays, he, we identified how much time he had, and this is what he's going to do in this amount of time and in this amount of time. And he created a, a mental checklist. And wouldn't you know it, he went out there, he practiced it, and he came up to me during the game on the sidelines uh, one game, and he says, it has helped so much streamline his focus to be able to focus on what matters most. And so my advice to my kids would be to establish routines. Number one, number one, to establish routines around their finite resources. I look at them and say, kids, what are your resources around your time? Are you, are you established? Are you using your time properly? How are you protecting your energy and how are you protecting your attention? where you point your attention, what matters most, focusing on what you can control. And I would help them, I would make sure that they establish these routines to help them keep the main thing, the main thing, as Stephen Covey has said. And so that would be, that'd be my final piece of advice that, that, that we talk a lot about with professional athletes. That's very cool. You, you've given me a lot to think about and try to try to implement with my kids. And what I, you know, I love hearing from you from all your relevant experiences uh, with professional athletes, but you're doing this with your kids. I mean, these are the sorts of things you're doing with your kids and and no parent can uh, guarantee the success of their children. Uh, but you you have a daughter who's making a name for herself. She's uh, already been in, in a role acting with The Rock. Uh, you have a son who has produced a song for Drake's album. Uh, I, I mean, outside looking in, you know, it's like, how do, how do they do that? How, how do your kids do that? And uh, of course, we never really know the answers, but certainly some of these things that you're putting in place are, are uh, contributing, at least in some small way, to their incredible success. I think you bring up a good point. I think my wife and I, all the time, we are uh, we are incredibly hard on ourselves. It's like, are we are we are we messing our kids up? I think as parents, uh, it, it's very difficult. Um, but yeah, I think we we are trying our best to to help them cultivate 
their own talents and follow their path and, and learn and fail safely. And, um, but yeah, it's, it's like you said, there's, there's, there's some not mixing up causation and correlation, but uh, we're fumbling and bumbling a- along the way. And, uh, but it's been cool to see our, our children's, um, our, a lot of their dreams, a lot of their, their goals coming to pass and them following their passions and their, their young ages right now. Well, great, Justin, I could listen to you for hours. Uh, fortunately, you, you have a podcast as well, where you you've, you're, you have already over a thousand episodes. Uh, I try to listen to them daily, just as one comes up. They're you know two three minutes long. I'm trying to get my kids to listen to them as well. I uh, really appreciate you coming on today. Again, you've given me a lot to think about, and uh, can't wait to see what you get to accomplish next. So thanks, Justin. Thanks a lot, brother. Thanks for listening to this episode of Mickles and Dimes. I never get tired of learning from Justin Sua, and I look forward to trying to apply the lessons he taught today. First, if we want to get better answers for ourselves, we need to ask better questions, asking ourselves each day what we did well, what we learned, and what we're going to do better tomorrow. Second, when we're stressed out and playing the what-if game, we need to make sure we play it properly and think about all the positive and incredible what-ifs that might happen to us. And finally, we need to protect our time, attention, and energy by building systems and routines around these finite resources. Of all the things that Justin teaches, I'm intrigued that he chose to focus on the routines of top performers today. And given the success of his clients, including his daughter Eliana Sua and his son Jerem Sua, both of whom I expect to hear from a lot over the coming decades, I think it's worth following Justin's advice. In summary, top performers use specific routines, and Justin taught us three of the best ones to implement. It's a simple idea. Please take it seriously. 